here's a message from Ken Lavica. The COVID vaccine is a personal choice, but in sports, I think it's a choice that if you choose not to get vaccinated, it deserves to be discussed publicly. Coquel, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. There's too much at stake in the NFL. In a league that's about wins and losses, that's how your worth is defined, that's how you keep a job. And there's too much on the line when you don't get a COVID-19 vaccine for the media to not have to ask about it. Sorry, it's fair game, open game. Ken Levick alive, and we're here on a Thursday. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. We are in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the Intracoastal. I, I, I did something a bit sketchy to Coquel before we got on the air. He wanted to, uh, even though he talks a lot of smack about our Keurig machine here at the ESPN West Palm offices because it doesn't make him iced coffee, uh, you have to brew the coffee and then put it over ice, which, well, anybody could do, but Keurig has an option that isn't really an option. But anyways, Coquel wanted an iced coffee. I took the last cup for my hot coffee that I have uh, during the show. And I, right in front of him, just took the uh, the final cup and then walked into the studio. So I, I'd like we to formally apologize. We have mugs for hot coffee. You can't make an uh, ice coffee like properly in a mug. I don't like mugs, because then you have to wash it. I don't want to wash it. I can just throw this out. I'm very environmentally conscious. <laughs> I was going to say, what about Mother Nature? <laughs> uh, so... We have a uh, we have a COVID nineteen problem in the NFL, but it oh, really I came in here again. No, we, no, no, we no, had no. a couple of uh, a couple, scares. but nothing that that got too out of control. Um, but uh, we have a COVID nineteen problem in the NFL, and it has right now nothing to do with positive tests. But the main idea is that it may end up being a problem in the fall with positive COVID nineteen tests, even in a world and in a country where the COVID-19 vaccine is widely available, readily available, and anybody can get one to a point where we have a massive, complete excess of COVID-19 vaccines. In the NFL, based on their protocols, if you are an assistant coach or a head coach in the NFL and you do not have a vaccination, If you do not enter week one of the season fully vaccinated, you lose your tier one access. That means at no point can you be in the locker room with your team, in a meeting room with your team, or on the field of play with your team. That makes it basically you coaching uh, from uh, a, a Zoom call, from distance, remotely, for however long it takes you to get vaccinated. That obviously is a competitive disadvantage. That is a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. But I suppose in some circles it can be overcome temporarily. Okay, what about if you're a player? Now, that doesn't exist. If you are vaccinated in the NFL, you have reduced testing per week. You no longer have to receive a COVID-19 test once the season starts every single day. You have relaxed protocols. You're also no longer subject to... To contact tracing, if you're around somebody who's tested positive for COVID-19, you are no longer put on the shelf, and it avoids scenarios like what we saw with the Denver Broncos last year, where the entire quarterback room got wiped out, where a position player, a, a, a skill position player had to come in and play quarterback, or a situation like what happened with the Dolphins, where Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't available for Week 17, and Tua was left to his own devices against the Bills, and that's what kept the Dolphins out of the playoffs, or situations like the Browns, where their head coach is missing a playoff game because of COVID-19 contact tracing and COVID-19 testing. If you're not vaccinated in the NFL, none of those things, those relaxed protocols I just mentioned, apply. You are testing every single day, which means you have a higher chance 
of uh, pulling in a positive test, of not being available for your team, of putting your teammates in jeopardy, of contact tracing and wide swaths of the roster, missing games, missing multiple games. That puts you at a massive competitive disadvantage. And so I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there is a lot on the line in a league that is dictated by wins and losses. There is a lot on the line when it comes to the decision about whether to be vaccinated or whether not to be vaccinated. All right, and and forget all the stuff about it being, uh, you know, a a public health nuisance for you not to be vaccinated, uh, whatever your political leaning is on that, or whatever your cultural leaning is on that, or whatever you've read on Facebook, or whatever you believe about the vaccine. Uh, yes, if you if you're not vaccinated, it is a it is not helping the public good from a health standpoint, but solely from an NFL standpoint. You are potentially putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage in a league of wins and losses if you do not get the COVID-19 vaccine. And Coquel, right now the NFL has a COVID-19 problem because there are several teams, and I mean the majority of teams, that are struggling to hit 50% of their roster that has received a full COVID-19 vaccination. Full teams can enjoy relaxed protocols and not even have to go into a season worrying about COVID-19 problems potentially if they can hit 85%. But there's no team that's even close to hitting that. And then there's this yesterday with the Carolina Panthers and their brand spanking new reclamation project quarterback Sam Darnold when asked about whether or not he and, and yeah, Sam Darnold, the guy who they traded for, who is going to be their quarterback, the guy who is going to lead their offense, the guy who they are putting so much on to try and lead them back into the postseason and and make them a contender. This is the leader of that football team when asked whether or not he's been vaccinated. Um, you know, still got to think about you know all those certain things that go into it. Um, again, it's it's everyone's choice. Um, whether they want to get vaccinated or not. Um, so that's really all I got on it. I don't want to go too into detail, but um, yeah, I haven't been vaccinated yet. He's right. It is everybody's choice. It is everybody's choice. It was my choice to do so. It was Coquel's choice to do so. It's someone else's choice not to get the vaccine and play Russian roulette with this virus throughout the course of the summer. Uh, and that's fine. But We're also not the quarterback or the leader of an NFL team that if I'm not getting vaccinated, I potentially could get COVID-19, God forbid get sick, or get COVID-19 and not only miss games, but also potentially put my teammates in a spot where they're missing games. That's a problem. So Sam Darnold said that yesterday, and then I take to Twitter, and this is from SiriusXM and CBS's Danny Cannell, who is a Palm Beach County resident himself, former Florida State quarterback. He tweeted the following, Dear sports media, please stop asking athletes if they've been vaccinated. It's none of your business, nor should it be. End of tweet. I vehemently disagree with Danny Cannell and that stance. You want to know why it matters? And why sports media should be asking as many players as they possibly can, especially team leaders, especially captains, and especially quarterbacks. It's because there is so much on the line if you don't get vaccinated as an athlete, and especially in the NFL. It goes back, Coquel, to what we were discussing the other day with John Rahm. The choice whether or not to get vaccinated in sports is now a business decision. Are you all in for your team? Which I'm sure you're going to say in coach speak sound bites throughout the course of training camp in the season. Or are you not? Because by not getting the COVID-19 vaccine in the NFL, you clearly aren't all in on the team. So does that make it fair for the sports media to ask about? Because it's the business of football? You bet. You bet. It is sports media's business because it's the fans' business, because it's the organization's business. But I ask you, is it sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated? 
Is it sports media's business if an athlete has received the COVID-19 vaccine? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Go ahead and tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. I mean, Coquel, I know that I'm going to be, uh, for the most part, always pro sports media. But when you have a quarterback and you have a league that's struggling to get its numbers up from a COVID-19 vaccination standpoint, what happens if you get to week 15 of a playoff race? Okay. Week 15 of what's now an 18-week NFL season. And all of a sudden, Sam Darnold, because he didn't get vaccinated, because he has a ton of things that go into the decision, I would have followed up with a question about what are those tons of things that go into your decision not to get vaccinated. But you're in week 15. Sam Darnold acquires COVID-19. Contact tracing wipes out the quarterback room. And all of a sudden... The Panthers missed the postseason by a game or two. Oh, Ken, that's a hypothetical. That's a damn realistic hypothetical and something that didn't even need to come into play if you just get the damn two shots. And if I'm sports media, I'm asking as many players as I need to because it sure is everybody's business in the NFL. It's a team rule. It's a league rule. Get to 85% and then you won't have the testing, right? Isn't that what you just said? It's a rule. At least not the, the volume of testing, the everyday so testing. I'm saying it's a league rule, which then opens it up to being allowed to be, to be asked as yeah. a question if you've been vaccinated mm-hmm. or not. Because it, in case Danny Cannell forgot, last year happened. Yeah. You right. can pretend like it didn't, but last year happened. And if we want to see that again, then don't ask and don't get vaccinated. But if we don't want to see that again and we want to move forward and have progress, then it's okay to ask and find out because – these reporters want to know if their team has to worry about vaccination tests and if their team has to worry about positive tests. And these NFL players can decline to comment. I think we know what the answer is if they decline to comment. But in a league where you're putting yourself in a better competitive situation, if you get vaccinated, the sports media should 100% be asking about this. Do you agree with me or do you agree with Danny Cannell who says that whether or not someone's vaccinated, whether or not an athlete is vaccinated is none of the sports media's business? Is it the sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I also put this out on Twitter at ESPN West Palm and uh, we'll get your your insight there as well uh, just asking the question simply put is it the sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated right now 74 percent say yes it is the sports media's business 26 percent say no it's not the sports media's business and it's weird because i don't think the team should be allowed to answer that question because that's giving out the medical information even though you're in a profession where your medical information is diagnosed and distributed constantly from before you get into the draft and you go to that meat market of an nfl combine through your whole career where they openly discuss all your injuries and all your sicknesses and Mm -hmm. anything that could impact you potentially playing or not i mean i don't think though that this goes under uh, some sort of hardcore hipaa rule okay because again we're not allowed to ask here as a manager here like i am not allowed to ask people that i manage if they are vaccinated or Mm -hmm. not but that's an employer asking again the media can ask right and if he doesn't feel comfortable sam didn't feel comfortable just say no Mm -hmm. and it's sam maybe you should get vaccinated you're the oldest human being I've ever seen get mono. So maybe getting vaccinated <laughs> is important for you. I just, I am, I am, I am wondering what the holdup mono. here is. Ruined because, his whole Jets career. Well, the Washington football team brought in a Harvard expert, a scientist, to talk with the team. Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes, the new quarterback. To try to, <laughs> it wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh. but you're right. Maybe he knows Ryan Fitzpatrick, because you, did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? That's right. Uh, Ron Rivera brought someone in to talk to the roster because of the the vaccine hesitation that exists on that roster. And this is prevalent throughout the course of the NFL. But to me... An NFL player getting vaccinated is just as important as them not showing up 
on the injury report, taking care of themselves, making sure that they're not injured, trying to keep them fresh throughout the course of the season, getting to practice. I mean, this is wildly important. And even if you have a nagging injury here and there during the course of the season, a guy is ready for Sunday. If you catch COVID during the course of the year, you not only are most likely out for that week, there's a chance you're out for the following week. And because of contact tracing, some of your teammates are coming with you. I mean, this is wildly important. Look at Lamar Jackson of of Boynton Beach and Baltimore Ravens. When he got COVID, he was out for a few weeks. And that game against the Steelers, half the team was out. Yeah, right. And so I don't, I don't. A game, by the way, that was played at what three o'clock on like a Thursday afternoon or a Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon, whenever it was played. Yeah, it, which was the weirdest thing still. But again, in the NFL, this is a league where it's you win or you lose. We played a season last year where it was you win or you lose, and some teams were down eight players, some teams were down nine players. Games are being moved to Tuesday. It was a complete cluster. And you're running the risk here, especially when names and leaders and quarterbacks of teams like Sam Darnold are are not getting vaccinated, and it may put their team at a disadvantage. Like it is our business as paying customers, as sports media, as the uh, as the 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 megaphone and the conduit between teams and between fans. Like, it matters. It's very much. Up for grabs. It's very much open for discussion whether or not an athlete has been vaccinated. But do you think it's sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And don't forget to tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Does it change your feelings on that whole conversation that it was a white quarterback who was asked? Because there is cultural bias toward the vaccine. I mean, we've seen that in studies shown across the country. You know, people of color are are a little bit warier of getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Even though if you sign up for the vaccine, they're giving you the same vaccine they would give me, a white man. But, like, there is that. Because it it jarred me a little bit more coming from Sam Darnold than, say, a black quarterback or another black player. I, I didn't take it that way. Uh, I can see where where someone would, like yourself or just someone in general. I didn't take it that way. Because we'll go back again. I don't mean to bring this up every single show, but being in a, a family of mixed people, my wife being black, me being white, she has not been vaccinated for a lot of those reasons. Sure. Which- now, it is a cultural thing. I mean, the, the numbers show it. And uh, yeah, there is a vaccine hesitancy amongst the, the black community. And it is it for me. So I, I feel like that's why the numbers overall in the NFL are the way they are. They, it could be. It could be. But also, too, there are so many. I and I think NFL players fall into this as well. Y- you get your information from Facebook, and that is a gigantic, gigantic problem. And once something's ingrained, it's very difficult to pull it back out of somebody. And I think the NFL, it's also a league that's full of machismo, full of, oh, if I get it, I get it. No big deal. But also, too, what's what's crazy about the NFL, this is a league where, <laughs> as we know, these players are gung-ho about putting stuff in their bodies to get it a competitive advantage. But then the COVID-19 vaccine comes and, up, oh, nope, nope, not doing it. I don't trust it. Oh, really? So the pills and the supplement that this guy, and how many times do we hear, oh, I didn't look at the label. I didn't look at the label, but you're fine putting that in your body. I see dudes that I've seen, <laughs> that I went to high school with that I know are probably shooting up heroin right now that also say they don't want to put the mm-hmm. vaccine in their body because yeah. it's not clean. Well, it's because it's because they're the you, same uh, people who also tell me gluten's bad for them as I watch them doing blow all weekend. <laughs> so whatever you you, uh, you you fall into an ideology though, and it's it's really difficult to to pull uh, these people out of. But the NFL has a COVID problem. You know what's wild is baseball. Generally, that went well. The vaccine rollouts for baseball went well. The majority of teams hit the threshold that was set out, except for a couple, like the Cubs, like the Cardinals, and uh, it, perhaps it is Coquel because that is a, a less of a, a, a black-populated sport. But I also feel like in the NFL, there's I, again, it, it's partly that, but it's partly this machismo, this it can't happen to me, this I'll recover, everything will be fine. It's it's a little bit selfish. It's also a very young league. 
You got to sure. look at it that way. It's a lot of young males that, I mean, the average age, what do they say? It's three to three years is the average career. Yeah. So you're looking at players that probably the average age falls between 20 and 26. But again, you've got an NFL, though, too, where you have all these players saying, hey, I'm in it to win. I'm here to, to do it for the team. All you hear is coach speak. I, I'm doing whatever it takes to win. Getting vaccinated is doing whatever it takes to win because you are taking out a variable that could completely dismantle your roster through a significant portion of the season by simply getting your two COVID-19 shots. And again, a quarterback, a leader like Sam Darnold, not doing it presents a problem. And so that's, he's right. It's his choice. It is his choice. And no matter where you and I stand on it, that's the truth. It is his choice. It's everybody's choice. But when it becomes a business decision, when it becomes something that could severely affect the bottom line of a team, which is win or lose, it is sports media's business, and it deserves to be asked about. And Danny Cannell can say all he wants and tweet all he wants, stop asking athletes about it. But no, athletes should be asked about it. It should be posed to every athlete on every roster at every minicamp. Is it sports media's business? Uh, is it sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The Twitter is at ESPN West Palm. When we return here on Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, and we are of course presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. We have baseball crisis. We have <gasps> baseball drama. And to me now. And how it's enforced, it's going to come down to what type of baseball does baseball want to be. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levick Alive. Best show in Palm Beach County that you can listen to between noon and one. I mean, really, <laughs> there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel on ESPN 106.3. I mean, Coquel, listen to this. This is this goes with the conversation we just had about the NFL's COVID nineteen vaccination problem. And again, uh, we've got the question out there: Is it sports media's business if an athlete has been vaccinated? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. But this is part of the the problem. This is Montez Sweat of the Washington football team when asked yesterday about Ron Rivera bringing in that Harvard expert to talk to the team about the actual facts of the COVID-19 vaccine. And Montez Sweat said this, quote, I'm not a fan of it at all. I won't get vaccinated until I get more facts. I haven't caught COVID yet, so I don't see me treating COVID until I actually get COVID. I mean, that's Montez Sweat having no idea what a vaccine actually is or does. I mean, a vaccine isn't to treat anything. A vaccine is to prevent something. It's also not going to stop you from getting it. It's going to stop the effects of it. So let's make sure we understand that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now, it could it could keep you yeah, from getting it. Yeah, but I'm saying it. you can still get it, but you're not sure. going to be dead. You're sure. not going to be in the hospital. You're not going to have all these huge effects. And from a business standpoint, and this is my point about why it is very much fair game for sports media to ask athletes about whether or not they're vaccinated... It's because it is business now. It is business. And relaxed protocols take place when players get vaccinated and the competitive advantage increases when players get vaccinated. That's why it matters. And that's why these athletes, it is not out of line for them to be asked whether or not they have been vaccinated. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Subscribe to the podcast. You get it right to your phone every single day if you do subscribe to it. And again, business decision but we have it for you every day and we have you monday through friday noon to one here on espn 106.3 uh we heard garrett cole stammering his way through a non-admission admission that he uses um uh, grip and uses the spider tack spider tack 
uh, to to get better grip on the baseball, to provide himself a competitive advantage and a legal competitive advantage. Uh, and the Yankees ace went out last night and pitched r- r- real well against the Twins. And uh, it, there was a lot of focus on that. It was it was really really fascinating to see how that unfolded last night. But it is clear to Coquel that uh, it is a problem throughout baseball that baseball is now going to try and crack down on, and that is pitchers using illegal substances to get better grip on the ball. Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, you name them, chances are uh, there is a thought that that person, that pitcher, is using an illegal substance. And I went, like we discussed yesterday, I, I put that because it is premeditated cheating. It is premeditated cheating. It is you trying to uh, instant gratification, get a competitive edge over the hitter. It's why batting averages, at least in part, and I think a major amount of why batting averages throughout the majors are at their lowest point in 40 years from a collective. It's right up there. Pitchers using the sticky stuff before they pitch is in the same neighborhood, in the same zip code as steroid users and as sign stealers, even video sign stealers, because it is competitive advantage. We freaked out about the Astros video sign stealing. They got punished big time. People lost their jobs for that. Steroid users, they've been banned from the Hall of Fame for that. But with these pitchers, we just say, are they going to crack down or not? How come we are not pulling out pitchforks and torches and telling Rob Manfred, this better be a major punishment or else? It's because we accept it. And I don't quite know why. Is it because the home run is much more glamorous and the records that we held dearest were hitting records and not pitching records? But why is that? Why is that? Because we should be making a significantly greater deal about this. And what about Yankees fans who booed the Astros when they went to the Bronx early in the season and who have vilified the Astros and have basically said that the Astros championship year, that should have been them winning the World Series. And they got screwed the following year when the Astros knocked them out in the ALCS. We got jobbed. But then their guy has one of the worst responses to a media member that we've seen in baseball in years. And it's, oh, well, everybody's doing it. No, 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 no. That's a double standard. That's a bit hypocritical, Yankees fans. But I also thought that Aaron Judge last night after the Yankees game against the Twins said it best when he put into perspective, like, hey, If a pitcher's going to do it, a pitcher's going to do it. It's not on the pitcher. It's not on the hitter. It's on the league for not enforcing it. This was Aaron Judge when asked about the sticky stuff from pitchers. Yeah, you know, I I really didn't like it. You know, I feel like 95% of the guys I face in the league or something's going on. You know, um, know, it's kind of one of those rules that I feel like hasn't really been enforced or defined or, you know, whatever you want to say about it. Um... But when it comes to it, you know, we all got a job to do. You know, Cole's got his job to do on the mound. And me as a hitter, I got to step in the box. And, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter what people are using, I got to go in there and do my job. You know, so it's, um, you know, I really thought about all that. Yeah, too much. It's going to be a better answer later. I mean, it's vanilla. It's vanilla for Aaron Judge, but he's right. Like, if he thinks 95% of the pitchers that he faces are using something, what's he going to do? He's got to stand in there and hit. But it also, I mean, if you're going to let, and baseball says they're going to crack down, but Coquel, I mean, once we get to August, let's see if that's actually happening. If you're going to let these pitchers use the sticky stuff, and it's largely not been enforced for years and years and years, why not let hitters go back to pine tar? Why not let hitters put cork in the back? Like, let's just go all out. If you're going to let them get a competitive advantage, then the hitters can get a competitive advantage. But I also think it comes down to what baseball wants to be. Is it preferable for the fan to watch a pitcher's duel or a slugfest in baseball? Because if you have guys hitting 50 home runs a year, then it's up, too much, ball's juiced. But then if the pitchers start getting the advantage, it's, ah, this is lame. Where'd the bats go? So what is it? What is it? If you watch baseball regularly, what do you prefer? A pitcher's duel or a slugfest? Even for the casual fan, though. Because I think this is bigger. I think if you're a religious baseball watcher, you don't care either way. It's more like me, who used to be a huge baseball fan, has these memories of knowing the Yankees box score before I even looked at the paper. Like, 
I don't enjoy baseball now because I want more runs. But I think that's the casual fan is who this really impacts. If 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 it comes down to it, and again, we are in the midst of how much is this going to be cracked down on with pitchers getting the competitive edge? Hitters, they've had the pine tower taken away. They've had the cork taken away. What do you want baseball to be? What's better to watch in baseball, a pitcher's duel or a slugfest? What do you prefer? What's more entertaining, a pitcher's duel or a slugfest? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Because ultimately, I think that baseball probably needs to cater to what they believe puts the better product on the field. Is it a two-and-a-half-hour, one-nothing pitcher's duel? Or is it a four-hour Yankees-Red Sox 13-10 to home run uh, laden slugfest? What do you prefer, pitcher's duel or a slugfest? What should baseball be? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Because for me, I, I am all for... Let the advantages come out. They've been there. If if you're going to let one side slide when it comes to enforcement, the other side needs an opportunity to be able to slide. I mean, we sit there and we nitpick the hitters and we're checking bats and pine tars not allowed. Uh, and meanwhile, you've got pitchers who are reaching for the belt. You've got pitchers that are reaching for the cap. You've got pitchers who are rubbing up the baseball. You've got pitchers who are sliding the baseball against the grooves of their glove to try and rough it up. I mean, that seems like a freedom that hitters just don't have. But what do you want baseball to be? Why do we freak out when the hitters have the advantage and the numbers get inflated? And it seems like we are giving a monumental pass to the pitchers who, who again, we say now, yeah, we're going to enforce it. We're going to crack down on it. Garrett Cole is saying that generations of pitchers have passed on to other generations some of the tips on how to get a grip on the baseball and how to get movement on the baseball. But it's sort of passing. It's just sort of, all right, this is a story now and then next week. We won't discuss it anymore. But hitters, they try and get an advantage, and they're, they're in Senate hearings to try and explain it. What do you look for in baseball? What's a more preferable watch? A pitcher's duel or a slugfest? What do we want baseball to be? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Jimmy in Jupiter. Jimmy, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, Ken. How you doing? I love the show. Thanks, man. Hey, it's a two-part answer, really. I think you touched on it a little bit before I turned it on, but... You know, it's a, it depends on if you're a casual baseball fan or you're a diehard baseball fan. Sure. I think the casual baseball fan that turns it on every now and then wants to see a hitter's duel, wants to see runs, he wants to see pr- production. You know, the the, uh, the ba- diehard baseball fan that sits there every night and watches the games, uh, has maybe played some ball in the past, and uh, is a historian of baseball, wants to see the pitcher's duel. You know? Um, and then you got young kids. You got, I think young kids, they don't want it. They're not going to sit there and watch a two-and-a-half-hour game with a one-nothing score, not going to understand what's going on, you know? Right. Um, I-, I think it's a two-part answer. And I think that's the difficult dichotomy with baseball because in the NBA, they they have set up the rules to where scoring reigns supreme, and things go through different eras. Like back in the 70s, you had a lot of scoring in the NBA and in the 80s, and then uh, it started to dip as defenses became prominent in the late 80s and the early 2000s, so then the NBA... Uh, decided it didn't want 90 to 88 games anymore, and now we're back to like 136, 125 finals after rule changes. Football, those rules generally benefit the offense because the NFL is trying to be an offense-first lead uh, league, and I think baseball doesn't truly actually know what it wants to be, and I think part of that is they're scared after the steroid scandal, and they're not sure what approach to take. Yeah, and I think uh, if they want new fans, which I think baseball struggled a little bit, you know, it may still be, but you know, if they want new fans, they're going to need offense. I think the the, uh, yeah. the casual guy that's maybe not into baseball, not you know, maybe he'll watch it though. Wants to see you know some offense. Yeah, you know, wants to see the ball flying out of the park. You know, exactly. Wants to see bases, people run around. People you know, love to defense see defense making be, plays. Be, people love to see baseballs get hit a long ways. 
And I think ultimately that's probably the answer to this, and appreciate it, Jimmy. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. But if that's the case, then you got to be serious about finally giving the same attention to pitchers that you have given to the bats over the last 30 years. I think you just want the ball in play. As a casual fan, I want the ball in play unless it's that power pitcher who's just striking out everybody. Yeah, I want to see good, hard line drives. Not routine pop-ups, not strikeouts every now and then. It's either total power pitcher mowing everybody down, or I want to see some people moving around. I want the fielders to have to run. Yeah. I don't want it to be beer league softball. Yeah. I think, too, though, and you brought this up a couple of, uh, of weeks ago. That's like, right, yeah, I did. What? The fact that it's it's like a three-run homer or nothing, Yeah, that that is the way baseball has gone. So you would hope to see... You would hope to see those things even out a little bit if you start cracking down on the pitcher's grip on the baseball uh, as well. Is it uh, what? What to you? What's better to watch? A pitcher's duel or a slugfest? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. When we come back, we have a baseball star out of New York who is living in some sort of weird fever dream reality. And I had a revelation about what makes being a little kid awesome today. And I saw it firsthand, but I need to fill in a blank. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. I mean, pretty sound reasoning from Jeanette Javier, who you hear every single day, 5 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3 with Evan Cohen. She tweets, casual baseball fan here, slugfest greater than a pitcher's duel. Pitcher's duel, you literally see a guy throw a ball off a mound for nine innings. I mean, that also happens in a, uh, a slugfest as well. But I see the point. I see I see what she's saying. It's probably not that appealing to the casual baseball fan. We're still taking your calls. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What should baseball be? What is a better watch to a fan? Is it a slugfest or is it a pitcher's duel? What should baseball gravitate towards now that we're apparently going to try and crack down on the decades-old practice of pitchers getting an advantage? We're done focusing on pine tar and cork and bat. We're finally focusing on the pitchers with their spider tack and their sunscreen with rosin. I just love that we're doing this now in June. We're like ramping up for fixed baseball July. It's going to be oh, so awesome. I know. So, yeah. Sports Talk Radio, fixed baseball July is coming. <laughs> it's coming. Here we go. Uh, a guy who is um, who is caught up in uh, tinfoil hat wearing and conspiracy theories from a baseball perspective appears to be Met star Pete Alonso, the, uh, the, the, the slugger, the up-and-coming superstar. Last night, he was asked about... His belief in baseballs and some of the skewed numbers, and he he presented as fact something that I <laughs> he declared something as fact that I cannot believe he went public with, and he is living in a complete alternate reality. I'd like to welcome everybody to Q Alonzo. <laughs> Alonzo, a man who has some really out there thoughts. I'm not sure if he read this on Facebook as well, but Hugh Alonzo, he of the conspiracy theory, asked about baseball free agency and offered this up last night to assembled New York and national media. Is it, uh, do we have problems? Have things broken? This was what he offered up to national and New York media. That's your email? This that is, is what he offered up. That is me pushing play on the button that was frozen and not doing anything a second ago. Good. Oh, this is great. Are we start. still broken? I don't know, Ken. I, 
what it is is we had two files. I had them in the same thing, and you can't play two at once. And now the system hates me. And now I'll get judged, and I'll be beaten by you later. So let's listen to Pete Alonso. Okay. Cue Alonso. Nope. 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 We're just not going to listen to Pete Alonso. Okay. Cool. So basically, here's the premise of what he said. That was a complete disaster. The premise of what he said is that baseballs are doctored based on which players, which positions are going into free agency. So in 2019, it was a heavy pitcher free agency year, so they juiced all of the baseballs so that they were hit out of the park at a very high rate, and that would drive the prices down for the biggest free agent pitchers. This year, you're going to have a lot of sluggers, a lot of hitters going into free agency. So now the baseballs are being made lighter so that there's more movement so that it's more difficult. Ken, no one wants to hear you say it. Let's hear it from the Q's mouth. I hadn't heard until you mentioned it, the idea that they do it based on free agent class. Is, is that something that players talk about and, and believe in? Oh, no, that's that's a fact. It's not. It's, it's Yes, we, I mean, guys have talked about it, but... Um, I mean, in 2019, there's um, there's a huge class of free agent pitchers, uh, and then th- that's quote unquote the juice balls. And then uh, 2020 was a strange year with the COVID uh, the COVID season. But now that we're back to playing in a regular season with uh, a ton of shortstops or position players uh, that are going to be that are owed going to be paid a lot of money, like high high caliber players. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a coincidence. And I, I think that if, yeah, I, I, that's definitely, it definitely is something that they do. So presenting as fact, Pete Alonzo presenting again as fact, not opinion, but as fact that major league baseball, an entity that has had a world championship question in the last three years because it failed to police a team that was clearly using video and banging trash cans to pass signs along, a league that cannot figure out any way, shape, or form to keep games under four hours, a league that has dismantled its minor league system because it's hemorrhaging money, but they have somehow perfected juicing baseballs to make sure that free agents, depending on whether or not they're a pitcher or a hitter, are going to have their money money lessened as they go in to free agency got it pete you've really put that tinfoil head on it's a great fit you have made that extremely well there is uh, i mean this is truly he is a product truly of what society's become though you read something on facebook or people discuss it in a clubhouse and all of a sudden it becomes fact there is not any single basis and it's not even rational thought to think that baseball is altering the baseballs according to who's going into free agency. But Pete Alonso, not once, but twice, presented that as fact last night. I do agree with them. It's weird they're altering the baseballs, though. Like, why do they change them so often? Because they do change them every year. I mean, it's how they're made. It's how they're made. And but I think it probably they just adjusts made, to trends. Why aren't they just made the same way? Like, they don't change the football. Well, also, you have deals with companies that make your baseballs, and some companies make baseballs differently than other baseballs. But your Major League Baseball, can't you tell them exactly how you want your baseball made? You can try, but if you're using different materials and... Tell them which materials to use. I mean, I'm not an expert in baseball construction, but I also know that Major League Baseball is not constructing baseballs based on who's going into free agency. That is insane. Howdy, show me proof that they're not. All right, now you're doing that conspiracy theory thing again where you're just turning it back. I think Pete Alonso's right. I am not positive they haven't. I've never seen documentation that baseball is not doing it for that reason. Mm. I mean, it makes it follow the money. I'm going to, but, but here off of that, what you just did, turning it back on me like that, which is the most annoying thing that conspiracy theorists do, I assure you that's going to become a major part of that upcoming renegotiation of the CBA and baseball's going on strike. The next CBA is not going to go well. And when you hear stuff like that in the open from a recognizable star like Pete Alonso, don't think that there aren't other stars that are going to bring that up in negotiations between the players' union and the owners because they believe the owners are leading the charge to change baseballs so that they don't have to pay guys in free agency. That's going to become a sticking point, and baseball's not going to make it through the next CBA without a work stoppage. The owners aren't the real ones pulling the strings. It's a true figurehead. They're actually just a fake ownership. They're a shell ownership over it all. It's, it's B. 
B. It's actually C. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> He's the one who runs it all. He's the one who wants the players to go on strike. I'm connecting all the dots now. You're right. It's the overseeing C that I puts s- all this in motion. I saw the mark on his sock. The mark of the chosen one. Pete Alonzo, Q Alonzo. I wonder what other wisdom he's going to drop on us here in the coming months about how baseball actually works. 50 is on Barton Hahn after us. <laughs> he can turn on. He'll be in the, the, in the New, York, New York hour. That is, that is for sure. Um, we'll have a little uh, of our uh, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach red light, green light going to little NBA playoffs and other sports musings when we return. Also, Johnny Depp. What are we talking about? You'll find out. He's Cocal, Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. Television Live is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Go ahead and find out more about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program by going to fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Fall semester classes, the sign-up is underway. Whether it is remote learning, whether it is on campus, in Boca Raton, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, George Lindley of the Palm Beach County Sports Commission, the Executive Director, our good friend here at ESPN 106.3. He is someone who got his MBA at sport in sport management at Florida Atlantic, and he is going to be speaking to the FAU MBA Sport Management Program students uh, today, actually. And so George Lindley is a pillar of our community with Palm Beach County Sports Commission and how did he get into that role? How was he able to get himself into a position to get into the sports industry? Well, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Ken and Coquel like putting things in number order. Order, order, order. Five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Electrical Standings. Electrical Standings on a Thursday, 5 through 1. 5 through 1. Today, 5 through 1, we rank the best Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Top 5 Pirates of the Caribbean movies. 5 through 1. Coquel, go. Number 5, At World's End. Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End comes in at 5. Number four. And let me point out that Johnny Depp is not the star of these movies. It's Orlando Bloom. <laughs> he swings with the biggest sword. Okay. Dead Man's Chest. Number three, On Stranger Tides. Number two, Dead Men Tell No Tales comes in at two. And number one, of course, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Five through one, best Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Johnny Depp. In all five of them, number five, At the World's End. Number four, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Number three, Dead Man's Chest. Number two, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And number one, On Stranger Tides. Ah, the drama. And electrical standings, five through one, Pirates of the Caribbean edition. I'm Ken Lavica. He's Coquel. It's Ken Lavica Live featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. And hey, we haven't touched on... The wide, broad world of sports yet today. So let's get you into a little red light, green light. Time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop or go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red, stop. Green, go. Red light, green light, now you know. Red light, green light is driven by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. What about sums it up? Red light? No. Green light? Yes. Go. I'm into it. Coquel, what do we got? All right, Ken. Red means stop. Green means go in case you missed the song there. But let's go with number one here. Deshaun Watson will have his wish and will be traded to the Broncos. I think that is a red light, and I'm not sure right now who's offering up anything for Deshaun Watson. And I saw yesterday that Deshaun Watson still demands a trade from the Texans, but 
I don't think there's going to be any takers right now. He is way too toxic. There's no way 22 lawsuits are going to be uh, decided and settled upon unless something drastic happens before the season starts. And I think not only the Texans going to be stuck with him, but Watson's going to be in a bit of a no-man's land because he'll never take the field for the Texans again. That's a red light. After overachieving with the Thunder and now what he's doing with the Suns rolling through these playoffs, Chris Paul has cemented his legacy as a winner. That's a green light. Yeah, for sure. He's never won a championship. But how can you argue with the All-Star appearances? I mean, listen, he was able to bring a New Orleans franchise from the depths and make them competitive. The Clippers, what were the Clippers before he showed up? He helped rebuild up the Clippers. Lob City. He, he exactly. He was he was the man who created Lob City. He was the lob in the Lob That's City. A, he was literally the lob in Lob City. You're exactly right. Oklahoma City made them formidable after they lose their big superstars. When they traded for him, it was thinking that they were going to tank, and then they had to mm-hmm. agree to trade him because he carried them into being successful. And then he goes to Phoenix, and they rise from the ashes. See what I did there? That was pretty yeah, that good. Was good. Right? That yeah, was really, really good. good. Uh, so Don't go too close to the sun. Is that the right one? Uh, no. Nope, nope, that's Icarus. That's Icarus. Yep. Right, right. Don't fly too close to the sun for your Rise wings. from the phoenix yeah, is different, yeah, yeah. different thing. Totally different thing. Cool. Uh, but, I'm not a winner. But Chris Paul has, has brought franchises, entire franchises from the depths. There's no doubt that he's a winner. That's a total green light. He was down by the Kraken. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're not doing Pirates of the Caribbean no, anymore? No, 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 we, we, We're done with the Johnny Depp Is it Caribbean? First of all, Orlando, yeah, is it Caribbean Orlando or Car- Bloom, bigger sword. Uh, I don't know. Orlando Bloom, sure. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Katy Perry? What? what you're talking about? Just, yeah. no, I'm talking about the movies, Oh, okay. sicko. Uh, and then, but, is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I say Caribbean. I say Caribbean, too, but I've heard people call it the Caribbean. I have no idea. Huh. We'll put up a poll. Orlando Bloom. <laughs> What else have we got? We won't put up a poll. No. Uh, but it's care. nice to say we're going to. Yeah, I don't care about that much. All right, the Nets will win tonight on way to a sweep of the Bucks in the same manner that the Bucks swept the Heat. <laughs> you had to add that, didn't you? That wasn't in the question. I'm going to make that a red light because I do think the Bucks are going to salvage a game in this series, and it might be tonight. But the Nets are going to, when all is said and done, just completely steamroll and throttle the Bucks. Anything else? Yeah, we got one more. Okay. D-Wade and his jazz culture will go up 2-0 over the Clippers. I'm going to give that a red light, but I'm also I'm annoyed with D-Wade. We get it, bro. You're a jazz guy now. You don't have to tweet congratulations to Rudy Gobert. We see you coaching Donovan Mitchell from your courtside seats. Like, we get it. You still belong to us here in South Florida. I thought he was total heat lifer, but now him... Him it, it just just completely disingenuously rooting for the Jazz and seeing him celebrate. And Why is that disingenuous? He owns part of the team. I like team. to think it's disingenuous. I don't like it. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable, and I don't like sharing him. I don't like sharing him with the Jazz of all teams. Why can't it be the Heat? What did the Heat do wrong, Dwayne? Tell us. Tell us what Mickey Harrison did wrong. How did he wrong you? Let's make it right, please. Can we fix it? Can we fix it? Can you come back into our bosom? We can go paddle boarding like Orlando Bloom. Without a paddle. (laughs) Would you stop? That'll do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back at it tomorrow for a Friday edition. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Goodbye.